Pass to the end zone, and it's a touchdown. He beats Hughes again. Boy, no pressure on Stafford. Jackson, they finally hit it. Deshaun Jackson, touchdown. This is for an NFL record 66 yards. Well, I guess it was an exciting weekend of pro football, depending on who you root for. Either way, hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3, presented as always by FanDuel. Joining us in just a few minutes, one of our very favorites in pro football and out, the great Chris Long is coming your way from the Greenlight Podcast Network. And, of course, world champion twice over, played for the Eagles, played for the Patriots, played for the Rams. We'll see what his thoughts are in advance of the big game coming up in Foxborough. Brady v. Belichick, you heard about that, right? In the meantime, Eddie Spaghetti, producer there, sitting and probably had the best weekend of all people involved in the Extra Points Network. After all, he saw Pearl Jam and My Morning Jacket. His Yankees swept the Red Sox. And at least Notre Dame beat Wisconsin, but his Giants still stink, despite the fact that he guaranteed victory. As a vain person, I have to tell you a few things that I told you in advance of the weekend that came to pass. I told you about the Chargers and the Chiefs, not just in week three. I told you the Chargers were going to, and I still say are going to win. The Raiders, very good. The Broncos, very good too. I still say ultimately it'll be the Chargers in the number one spot come uh, come the end of week 17. Uh, and the Chiefs, are good. They're still going to be in the playoffs, although it is hard to divine who's the last place team in the mighty AFC West. I do think that the Chiefs figure to wind up in the second spot. Told you about that defense, though. Just because you have Patrick Mahomes doesn't mean you just win 15 games annually. At some point, the rest of the league is going to catch up with you a little bit. I told you about the Seahawks, who are certainly the fourth best or perhaps the first worst team in the NFC West. Otherwise, those three teams looking very good, despite the Niners stumble on Sunday night football against Rodgers. Maybe my prophecy about a Rams and Chargers in Los Angeles Super Bowl are lining up. I mean, so far, are there two teams that you like better to wind up in the Super Bowl from either side than the Rams and the Chargers? We'll see what happens there. I don't love what happened at the end of the Packers-Niners game. Kickers are too good, and it's not just because I'm an AFC North fan who doesn't root for the Baltimore Ravens. I really do ask this question objectively. How many games do you suppose, since Justin Tucker got to Baltimore, has he swung with his right toe? How many playoff appearances might you take away from the Ravens were Justin Tucker a league average kicker? And how many extra games did they win? And by the way, it's not just that he can swing that leg and make the kicks. It impacts the way John Harbaugh approaches games. He knows that he's got an ace in a hole, even though that guy's five foot six and has no impact on any other element of the game. He's awfully impactful. You might, if there were a true MVP award handed out, that didn't just go to the best quarterback. 
I wonder if Justin Tucker would really be a viable name in that conversation. The Ravens did win. They shouldn't have won because, as you saw, the uh, play clock ran out on the play before. The refs missed it, and the Ravens survive. I still don't buy the Ravens long-term, especially with the news that Ronnie Stanley's ankle is lingering there. And then that brings us to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know. Everybody is... uh, Very upset on the banks of the three rivers outside the city limits. People are having their fun at number seven's expense. And I can't mount too big a defense for the way he's played in the last couple of weeks here. I will say, though, he's wearing it entirely. And I get that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, Eddie Spaghetti. And so in a quarterback league, he does have to wear it. But man. He, one, is taking a physical beating, and he's at the tail end of his career. The guys who I feel the worst for right now associated with the Steelers are Ben Roethlisberger and Najee Harris at either end of their football careers. But the one thing they have in common, they're getting the holy hell beaten out of them because of the bum offensive line. I really don't know. Maybe I'm being Pollyanna. Maybe I've watched Roethlisberger for too long. And I, and it's not as though I anticipate him delivering prime Roethlisberger performances to cover up the warts on the team. But I really, am I, am I crazy? Is there anyone who would do better against uh, behind this offensive line? He has zero time to do anything. That said, the pick he threw early second half against the Bengals was a game killer and it was inexplicable and it was atrocious and all of that. But if you think that this is all because of the way number seven is playing, I think you're missing the big picture. And I will also say about the Steelers that all the offensive woes dating back to the final third of the 2020 season obscure another prime culprit, which is the, the supposedly dominant defense. They have a bunch of guys out. Jenga piece. You know, I have the Jenga theory that if you take the wrong piece out, the whole thing, a football team, just like a game of Jenga, can implode on you. T.J. Watt is one of the four or five best defensive players in the league, and you remove him the last couple of games, and so the defense is going to suffer. They have more injuries than just that. All that being said, they continue to allow big plays over the top in big spots. Not good for a team that expects to win games with defense as you presumably wait for the offensive line, which is awfully young, to round into shape. Eddie Spaghetti, your thoughts on the Steelers, on your Giants, on anything you want to take a bite of the apple of before Chris Long comes along here. Uh, The first thing I'll start with is uh, with your Steelers, and uh, I'll pull back the curtain here, and we recorded – an interview with Todd Haley, who obviously used to be a part of the Steelers. Uh, I mean, he was since he was a kid, right? Ball boy played for them. But, uh, and he said that Ben has zero trust for his offensive line. He does not blame Ben for what is currently going on. So I know your take and you got a little heat for it saying it's not Ben's fault. And it's like, who am I to argue if the former offensive coordinator is saying the same exact thing? And do I think Ben has a full, uh, you know, tank full of gas. Like, no, it's not the same Ben Roethlisberger, but it really does show you. And this is something that the casual fan does not realize that I've definitely, as a Giants fan, sadly, have uh, really understood lately. And it's that the most important position or position group is by far offensive line. Um, if you don't have 
time to throw the ball, then your offense is not going to go anywhere if you don't have time. I've said that forever, right? Oh, Spaghetti for real. I know it's not 100%. sexy, but it's not the number one wide receiver, and it's not who they're playing and whether or not it's in a dome or if it's cold outside. The number one factor for quarterbacks in pro football is the offensive line. Sure. Can you keep them clean? Can you give them an extra half second? That determines the fate of almost every quarterback. There are some QBs that can offset it better than other quarterbacks can, and those guys are going to the Hall of Fame. They are Rodgers and Brady and Breeze and Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger at their best. But, I mean, you know, basically from the snap, they are on him or Najee Harris, whoever happens to have their their hands on the ball at that given moment. Yeah, and to take it with Najee Harris, like he's not going to get involved in the game if there's no run blocking either. And then if there's no run blocking, that means he's not going to run the ball. The defense knows now, okay, well, we could – we could stack the box and rush because they're not going to get anywhere. It just changes the whole defensive scheme. And then with the quarterback, the lack of trust with his offensive line. And if, if you're not going to have three seconds to throw the ball, it's your offense can't get going. And it's like, you know, a good quarterback, quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger, an eventual Hall of Famer, if he has time, he can make a bad receiver good because he will throw them open. And it's just something that if you don't have that, and we've seen this with plenty of teams and something that I've seen, like I said, with the Giants is that if you don't have time, it, it, it looks bad on the quarterback's part and the quarterback will always take the brunt of the blame. That's why they're getting paid the money they do. But if you have an outstanding O-line, it makes the running back better. It makes the passing game better. The defense has to adjust for this kind of things. It makes just, it, it just changes the entire game. And uh, people, the casual fan, they don't realize this. And yes, Dave, you have said this for quite a while that it is, it looks like it's just big bodies leaning on each other, but it, it really is the most uh, important part of uh, NFL football. All that said, I'm willing to get extreme with this thing. I mean, this idea that they should start Mason Rudolph unless it's for Roethlisberger's well-being after football, because like I say, he is getting knocked around, but good. Maybe you could throw Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins in there. I can assure you, neither would perform better. The guy who I I would throw a a curveball, I don't mean for the whole game, but I would taste him Hill, Trey Lancet with Josh Dobbs. That might put a little bit of pressure on the defense so that they don't know exactly what's coming. Just a couple of little packages over the course of the game but as it is I I said it last week and I say it again now on the other side of the game I think they're just trying to the Steelers are just trying to get to the bye um they have a rugged three-game set coming up at Lambeau then they host Denver and then they host Seattle um so we'll see there but what's your big takeaway of the weekend I said before the games kicked off on Sunday the big story by nightfall on Sunday would be that the Charger that the Chiefs are one and two. Here we are. Is that the big story right now? Is it Justin Tucker making a 66-yard field goal to win a game the longest in in the history of people? And it happens to win a football game. Where are you looking right now? Rams, best team in the NFC. How say you? Yeah, this is something that uh, you, me, and Hendra texting about before the show is that I said, and I said this last week too, is like I'm not sure if I should kind of throw away week one because the lack of starters playing in the preseason. But I, I said that there's really no standout team, and I thought it was the Bucks. The Bucks obviously lost to the Rams, so the Rams are pretty good. Like like the Bills looked pretty good, but they also did lose week one too. So I think my takeaway, and this is no knock against a team like, say, the Panthers, who are undefeated, but the, the I don't think there's an elite team in the NFL, which is a good thing. I think there's a bunch of very, very good teams, all, and all of them have flaws. And I'd rather an NFL season like this. I don't want a college football season where it's like, okay, it's Alabama and you know whoever else. Like This is a thing where there's probably a group, five, six, seven teams maybe, that could all be 
viable, you know, choices to make to the Super Bowl. And I like that. It's a lot more fun. Um, could it be breeding the Bucks? Could it be the Rams? Like, could it be the Bills? Could uh, will someone in the AFC North really turn around and take command of that division? Uh, are the Chargers really for real? It's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys. I know their defense being shaky, but I think offensively, we all pretty much trust them that they could uh, make some real noise in the NFC. Did, did the, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers kind of shake off that rust from the week one? Like, it, who knows? Like, we're see. It's it's super interesting uh, right now. I have no idea. I could not my pick for Super Bowl. Probably going to be wrong. I legitimately have zero idea who will be playing, representing the AFC and the NFC in the Super Bowl. And right now, like heading into week uh, four, I I think that's a pretty cool thing. I'm not really sure the last time you could honestly say that, where you'd be 100% shocked to see these, you know, two teams uh, playing. You know when you could say it? Yeah, I mean, I guess the Chiefs were, but, you know, there were some questions about the Chiefs at this point last year. Couple things I will say in the quarterback league. One, and I know this kind of addresses the Steeler situation specifically, but broadly, we've reached the station because you mentioned college football and Spencer Rattler didn't look great. And now people are starting to ding some of these QBs that we see in college. DJU, again, didn't have a great game. That's surprising. But a lot of the guys that project to the first round in 2022, people, we've reached the place now in the draft process where I don't know how many of these guys are really worth a first. Spoiler alert. By the time we get through uh, pro days and the combine and Indy and all that kind of stuff, there will be multiple quarterbacks that go in the first round. How do I know? Because that's what happens every year. And at this time last year, was there buzz about Mac Jones going high? I mean, the guy, the guys, it's amazing the amnesia everybody gets about this. There will be quarterbacks to draft in the first round. It's just a matter if you're high enough up there for it to be worthwhile. Everybody has rewritten this for the Pittsburgh Steelers specifically. I told you they needed a quarterback. There was no answer. There was nobody to get. Maybe they could have gotten Matt Stafford. I suspect Les Need ultimately had more assets to outbid them with in terms of picks and throwing back Jared Goff to Detroit to make that worthwhile. That deal, um, if you don't trade Mika Fitzpatrick, I was uh, I was texting with Ryan Clark Uh, I bring that up uh, to name drop, but also to make the point, he said, I told you back then, Minka was a great ad, but if you hold on to that first pick, you could have drafted a quarterback that year and created a a backup, a, uh, a path to Roethlisberger's successor. The issue with that is, would the Steelers have taken Jordan Love at pick 18 had they not sent it off to Miami? It's tough. I just think that this was, whether it was Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, or Josh Dobbs, or I guess Dwayne Haskins, this is where the Steelers were going to land. I think they saw that organizationally. I don't think that the Steelers were trying to prop up their Hall of Fame guy and give him a nice send-off. I think that they were trying to build towards 2022 with or without Roethlisberger. But you mentioned, I mentioned, some college football. Let's jump in there. And by the way, if you want to take advantage of Damashek's Rams v. Chargers Super Bowl bet, go get it at FanDuel. Just make sure you use the promo code MINUS3. It's the word MINUS, the number three. And with that, let's jump in on some early line spaghetti, the ones that jump out to me. Baltimore at the Broncos. Broncos given one at home to the Ravens. I do not buy the Ravens. I haven't bought them in about eight months now. I do not think at two and one, they are the real deal. Denver will hold off for Hench. I just want to plant a few fascinating lines that I see out here and we'll cover them in 48 or 72 hours with uh, with Kevin Hench and get his thoughts on what's upcoming in Foxborough too for that. Uh, the Steelers at the Packers, the Packers laying a touchdown, and of course the Bucks at the Patriots. 
the Patriots, a home dog, plus six and a half. Ooh, la and la is all I can say for that. We'll talk to Chris Long about Belichick or Brady, who wants it more, all the fun storylines from that one. Let's give some quick picks, though, on college football, Eddie Spaghetti, a huge one. You're Irish. You were right. Uh, they, they they did take care of Wisconsin. It was a little weird, a little wonky, I guess. I, I mean, they, not to say they didn't deserve victory. I mean, going over that game with, uh, what did they have, 17 pick sixes in the fourth quarter, whatever it was. They are a home dog to the Cincinnati Bearcats, Spaghetti. The Irish getting uh, a point and a half. I'll say you on that one. I, I didn't want to get roped into Notre Dame this year because I did think they had a lot of issues, but... Maybe it's a thing where, you know, and this has been the credit to Brian Kelly the last few seasons. And now it looks like with Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator, who, by the way, came over from Cincinnati, that they do a really good job of developing talent and they they get the most out of their guys. And it seems like that's kind of what's happening with this team because they are really rusty week one, arguably way more rusty week two. And it seems like the Purdue game, they got to kind of figure things out. And then even, you know, through most of that Wisconsin game, this score should have been a little bit different, you know, whatever. There were some calls in love, but they were losing in the start of the fourth quarter and they just turned it around and they were playing with their third string quarterback. But, you know, I was right about Wisconsin. Wisconsin just, they can't score the ball. They are probably a middle of the road, if not lower tier of the Big Ten. And Notre Dame's defense really came alive and the special teams is great. And you're getting, you know, a guy like Chris Tyree, who took the kick back. He's a five-star probably the best athlete in the team. And it's great to see what you have when you have a, an elite player. All right, give me stuff. your pick, Bob. No more, no so, more vamping about summation. the Irish. What do you think about the Bearcats coming to town? In, in, in summation, I think it's a, it's a great thing to have the Bearcats' former defensive coordinator. Now on, on the Irish, I like the what we saw from Drew Pine. If he does have to go for the Irish, because I know Cone's injury and then Tyler Buckner, the other, um, the freshman quarterback is injured. And if you have guys like Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams and Michael Mayer and Kevin Austin, who is just so uncoverable at six foot four, I, I know people want to get excited over the Bearcats, but it's hard not to like what we saw from the Irish in the fourth quarter. And they're just a more talented team on paper. And Freeman has his defense. It's boomer bust, but he has his defense figured out. Kyle Hamilton is still a top three player in the country. I like the Irish. I'm rooting for Cincy just to validate what you and I argued about all through last November and December. I wanted to see Cincy in a big spot against a real team, and now it's here. They vanquished the Hoosiers in Bloomington, my Hoosiers, who play Penn State upcoming. Hoosiers getting 10 and a half in, uh, in Happy Valley. Michael Penix did look pretty good, look better. They lose a big receiver, though, last weekend. I'm going to take uh, – I, I hate to pick against the Hoosiers if I had to. I would never put a, uh, put a dollar against any of my teams because I'm a man of the highest integrity and honor and loyalty, so I wouldn't do it, but I would take Penn State um, laying that 10 and a half. Um, I, very excited, though, to see this uh, Cincy-Notre Dame game, and uh, I will take the Irish at home. I do think – see, this is old-school thinking. I do think that just Braun it will win the day. Cincinnati did defeat the Hoosiers in Bloomington a couple weeks ago. The Hoosiers gave that one away, and – should the Hoosiers and Irish ever square off. I think that's a pretty close game there. I think in um, South Bend, I'll take the Irish as all of a sudden after the win in Chicago last weekend. Now you can see a very clear path with Clemson losing as well. It kind of feels like they 
could wind up in the final four again. And in fact, whoever wins this game could wind up in the final four. Arkansas with a nice win. Now they play in Athens and the dogs are are laying 18 and a half. Does that number surprise you or are they, I, I saw a lot of stuff and you said it in fact, uh, 10 minutes ago. Let's let's be on. Uh, Bama's way better than everybody else. Are they definitely way way better than Georgia? If Georgia houses Arkansas this weekend, I kind of think that we're getting closer and closer to there is a one in one a this year. Forget about the last five years, the last twenty five years, the last hundred years. In twenty twenty one, Georgia and Bama might be pretty evenly matched. Who are you taking in that one? I'm going to take the dogs because I, I want it to happen. Right. I have to take Georgia because I don't want to flip-flop for my picks uh, earlier in the year when I said I think Georgia oh, right. really could win the championship. And uh, I can't even blame you for taking the A&M. Because I, I think A&M was a team that people wanted to be at the next level. And then I think people still did not believe in Arkansas. Obviously, phenomenal win by Arkansas. But I think Georgia is just too good. I think Georgia is very close to uh, the level of Alabama. And this is going to be a good litmus test for them to see, really, like you're saying, are they uh, on that level or not? So I, I like them. I think they are an elite team. I will pick them. And I think I'll, I'll pat myself on the back for was I, I didn't say uh, my best bets to take this, but I did say the, the NC State Clemson line was pretty interesting. So I, you not, did, you not, did not as not as good as we all thought. And another another team that I was uh, high on and I took in our futures draft uh, with the, the staff at extra points was Oregon win the Pac-12, a blowout win over Arizona, not a very good Arizona team, but they're playing Stanford. It's an eight and a half spread. Uh, oh, think- you were out! You were out twist, uh, uh, tripping the light, fantastic down in Laguna Beach area, listening to your beloved Pearl Jam to notice. At by the end of the third quarter, that game was a toss-up in uh, right. up there in Eugene. Arizona was running with Oregon in hideous uniforms. By the way, never wear those again, Ducks. Oregon goes up to Stanford or down to Stanford, I guess. Um, Cardinal plus eight and a half at home. I will take the Ducks to right the ship there. And then Michigan at Wisconsin. Wisconsin coming off um, that uh, that ugly second half against your Irish. Michigan, people starting to believe. Wisconsin giving a mere half point to the visiting Wolverines. How say you on that one? I mean, I watched uh, Michigan a few times. I, I guess I want to side with Michigan. I, I actually did pick in our pick um, that I knew that Rutgers would cover, and I believe they did. But I think Michigan is kind of underrated, not really talked about because obviously Harper struggled there, but they are better than than the national media will talk about. But, uh, I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll ride with Michigan on this one. And th- th- there is one more bit that I do want to give out. This is kind of my – I'm Easy. telling you this. Give me Wisco. Give me Wisco back up in in uh, Madison. I, I think- am one of those people. Prove it to me, Harbaugh. It's been long enough. This is a this is yet another opportunity for you to really distinguish yourself in this season. Let's see you do it though before I start I- wagering on you. To go back to, the, I mean, Wisconsin, I, I don't know what you could take away from that game and be excited about to see them play another, you know. Uh, they, I thought they their were, QB was going to be all right. They were. He, <laughs> he was turnover Once prone. Again, no. they, they could not move yeah. the ball. And uh, I don't know. They just, to me, it's just they're they're just not a good team. And like I said, I, I the. The loss of Penn State was one thing, but then, you know, you only have the Eastern Michigan game. I guess I saw how they started the game versus Notre Dame, too, who has a very boomer bust defense. The Notre Dame has been giving up big plays, and Wisconsin cannot get a big play on them. So that was really alarming. So Right. I, this game this game sets up like a Big Ten game between uh, between Woody and Bo. 
the two teams should combine for about uh, five or six pass attempts if they know what's good for them. It should just be run at each other back and forth all day long. Final score, six to three, Wisconsin. That's my (laughs) prediction. The, the last game I do want to give out, and this is uh, a, a bit of a, a shocker, but I, as a home dog, I love them, and they have a history of beating uh, this team, and I don't buy into Oklahoma as it is, but K-State getting 10.5 at home, and they've done it before, and they like they love to play spoiler, and I know they've slipped up already once this year, but I, I think uh, Oklahoma has had too many close calls for me to really buy into them. I never really loved Spencer Rattler to begin with, um k-state really well coached team they do a good job recruiting and getting guys that you know give it their all even if they're just three stars versus the oklahoma five-star team and i like 10 and a half at home i love k-state there all right let's bounce back now to pro football as you know nfl is in fact back as we head towards week four fan dual sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play so do we at minus three bet along with us fanduel.com slash minus three fanduel is giving away A $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet the same game parlay with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel's going to pay you back up to $10. We love the same game parlay. It's the Jags. It's the Bungles. It's a battle of the Cats in the Queen City. Bungles fans figure to be riled up after their big win on the banks of the Three Rivers. Not a ton of hope going in Duval County as they travel up. At least we won't have to see those aqua jerseys. There is the threat that they'll wear the aqua pants, which are even worse than the aqua jerseys. Either way, here's your same game parlay. Bengals, minus seven and a half. They'll be jacked up. The Jaguars are feeling kind of hopeless. I say take that. I say take the over in that one. 46 and a half is your total there. It's not like the Bungles are world beaters. Settle down, everybody. They can still be had. The Jags will score some points, and they'll take it over 46 and a half. And I'm going to give you Joe Mixon as an anytime touchdown score. He is a banger. He's the real deal against a bum Jags defense. That's how you do the same game parlay, Eddie Spaghetti, and that's why we love FanDuel, the fast payouts, so easy to use. There's a reason why it's America's number one sports book. Get in on the same game parlay. Just make sure you're using the promo code minus three, the word minus the number three. All right, let's do it already, shall we? He's one of our very favorite guests. Nay, he's become one of the world's favorite guests or hosts of podcasting and beyond. He uh, he runs it, and he runs it the way he wants to, which is the best way to do things in the world. He uh, runs the Greenlight Podcast Network. He's the great Chris Long, everybody. What's the poop, fella? What up, dude? It's been a long time relative yes. to us talking, dude. So it's good to see you and the stash looks strong and the, you know, you, you look, you look healthy. Do you think so? I get, yeah. I get, I get, uh, back and forth on people's reaction to it. I think it looks, I think it looks I think, awesome. Oh, that's nice. I think I look like, uh, you know, I could be in tombstone or something. Don't yeah. One of like the, that? one of the cool movies, bro. You'd be a likable character in a movie for real. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Hey, first things first, Pat, uh, both of us on the back, we uh, we were texting before Sunday's yeah. kickoff. We both were on the Chargers and the money line, and now we're in the winner's circle. Do you think that that, because it's not just week three for me, I think the Chargers win the West. First of all, do you think that that proves correct? I think that the Chiefs still win the West because they'll play better against the field than the Chargers. I do. I think like, Hey, the Ravens, you know, they kind of have a, a run game that they could option Chris Jones and pound it and 
and the the personnel didn't match up well. I think eventually the Chiefs stabilize. I don't think they're ever going to be like the Chiefs from two years ago or anything this year. Um, I do think the Chargers just kind of have their number. I also think, you know, I love the Chargers. I made them my side team last year, which is a concept that um, works well for me in the NFL. Um, and and I think they, they make the playoffs, but I don't think they win the division because I don't think they beat everybody else enough. And they've been kind of sloppy. You know, like they've had those ghosts of Chargers past, like with the illegal formations or the shifts and you know, some of the mistakes they've made, but they've overcome it because of Justin Herbert. All right, here's the other side of that uh, equation in the AFC West. Who finishes last there? You got two undefeated teams named the Broncos and Raiders. I think the Broncos finished last. I do, which sucks uh, because I really want Teddy uh, to make the playoffs and that sort of thing. I think Teddy's one of those consensus likable dudes. You know, like he's on the all likable dude team and it's justified. I mean, he has been a guy who's flirted with being north of a bridge his entire career. And this is his best opportunity like in my opinion, to say, hey, I'm kind of the guy right now. And you, if you guys are going to move on from me, who's it going to be with? And if he plays them into like not picking at the top of the draft and he secures his future possibly in Denver, I don't know what they're looking to do long term, but I do think they end up last. I just don't think they have enough to keep up. And the Raiders seem to me like a team that's at least a little bit more mature than they were, you know, and their defense is stout relative to what it's been in the past. So, you know, they're growing up. Man, I'll tell you, I told David Carr this a week ago, and I say it now. I feel like Derek Carr has been the greatest beneficiary of 21st century technology, like being mic'd up. I think last year when we heard him mic'd up, people were like, oh, he does have command of things. This guy knows everything that's going on out there. Yeah. I think he, I, man, I, I like the the pieces on offense and defense. I, I, I don't know that the Raiders ultimately make it in in a loaded AFC. Oh, yeah. One team that is looking like they're not going to make it. Chris Long into the uh, January tournament is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. And I don't want to be one of those people. I know you've been defending, um, you know, and it's your team and I get it. And Big Ben's the man, but I'm going to be that guy. I just feel like, you know, when, when quarterbacks kind of fall off that ledge, there's no warning. So it could be happening before our very eyes. And like, it's weird because that you know I was talking about this on my pod yesterday. There's Atlanta and there's Pittsburgh, and those are two different teams that have obviously been on a different scale of longevity. But like, what a rich history he's had there, and also Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and they're both kind of on these really messed up farewell tours. Like, pseudo, like we know, you know, and I, I hate that for 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 Ben um, because I did pick them last year to win the Super Bowl, and it looked good for a while, but they just cratered. Um, and, and I really hate it for Matt Ryan. It's gotta be weird, you know, to see it all in the rear view mirror and just know that like, Hey, we're playing this thing out. I don't know what they do in the future. What do you think? Well, I think Matt Ryan aired when he decided to wear number two. I don't understand why quarterbacks <laughs> do that. You could go one up to 19 yeah. and you choose two. He decided on it because his favorite player growing up was Tim couch, which is another error Questionable. I feel, in judgment. Yeah. And then he wears that uniform. I, I don't think he has a choice in that matter, but he really, as a leader of the team, sh should have jumped in and said to Arthur Blank, this this can't be it. It can't happen, dude. We look like it's carnival guys. We look like, right. uh, like jesters, court jesters. You know what really looked awful this weekend? And I don't know if you're parking your car, as you would say, in, in the same garage as me, is Wisconsin's uniforms were an, a, an abomination. I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted you to pass along a message to your pal Macon. 
with whom you you host uh, the green light pod. Yeah. He's big on like, I don't care if pants sometimes shouldn't have a stripe on them. All right, I'll sign off on that generally. Penn State shouldn't wear striped pants. But if you didn't like those stripes on the Notre Dame pants this week, you're just never going to like. We disagree, dude. I like striped pants. I did not like those stripes, dude. I think Notre Dame is like you get a a $100,000 car and you put stupid looking rims on it. Like Notre Dame, that's what they did with their pants stripe, in my opinion. And then also what was worse was the the shoulder stripe. Maybe you could overcome those pants stripes, but the shoulder stripe to me was like, you know how Carolina has those gorgeous like Julius Peppers uniforms they wore when they torched Virginia a couple weeks ago? Um, Well, they also have that stupid little Carolina thing on on the shoulder. I hate that, too. I liked, by the way, I, you know, I generally with college football, I like the traditional getups and I did like it despite mm-hmm. liking the pants stripe on the usually glorious uh, Notre Dame getups. I got to say for a newfangled look, UVA, the Hoos oh, yeah. have some of the very best going. Oh yeah, dude. Hey, it's not a secret anymore. People are saying, people are saying that they have the best uniforms in the ACC yeah, the ACC, home of uh, of schools that put lots of guys into the NFL to go on to be stars, and yet all <laughs> struggle to go seven and six in college football. It's, it's tough, man. I don't, you know, and and the worst thing about the ACC right now is like Clemson's like in a major welcome back situation. You know that they're Clemson again, so we don't even have like that one friend that'll beat you up anymore. Yeah, it is. Yeah, see, this is uh, I, so. Bottom line, Cle- uh, ACC is not sending anybody to the postseason <laughs> tournament. There. Back to the Steelers quickly. The only thing I'll say is, I've already been through it a, a million times over. No one wants to hear me talk about it again. But I'll just say this: name for me for real, what quarterback would perform adequately? I'm not talking about. Yeah, no. You know, yeah. is there? I mean, for real. That, uh, that, that and it's the same thing with Najee Harris. That's the revealing detail as well. I mean, he, you know, he he's a nice, fresh, banger of a runner. I mean, this who would do hurt. well behind that? This is going to hurt. Lamar Jackson would do well. Do you really think so? Behind because a bum be, line? Yeah, you can be more. He he, like it's kind of what he's dealing with right now. And not that he did well on Sunday, but he's still changing games. And they they could have you know put up thirty five on those cats if Hollywood Brown didn't look like he got attacked by the football. You know what I mean? But like. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that when you have problems up front, you can do a lot with your run game if you have somebody who's mobile. You know, college coaches get around it all the time with quarterback run game and that sort of thing. Um, you know, you, you can put people in binds that you, you can't do if you just line up and try to play power football or even if you tried to run Pittsburgh's, you know, scheme where you, you, you've, got, um, you've got a bunch of, like, the old Bruce Arian stuff. You can't do that anymore. Like, you can't do any of that stuff. Like when your offensive line's bad, you really need to work around it. And I think like to Ben, Ben could maybe play longer, but not here. You know what I mean? Like that's the, I'm not saying he's like, I don't want to disrespect the guy who, who's been very good for a very long time and a better player than I ever was, but there is an end for everybody. And I just think it can be accelerated if the pe- people around you don't accentuate your strengths. And there aren't many guys who can't move anymore playing the game. So I think it's a tough situation, but you got to live with it for a year here, I guess, or maybe more. I don't know. I I maybe deluded myself because I've talked about the quarterback cliff forever. It is it is a severe drop. One day you're good, the next day you stink. 
I just thought he got, and I still think that he makes, uh, he, he throws some nice, uh, nice passes on sideline routes. Everything makes me think, ah, maybe he's not done, but yeah, some touchy behind stuff. That line, it's like, no, no but some touchy stuff. He, he still can put some touch on some balls, but you know, I just, I, you know, what made him great for so long, like what scared you about Big Ben, and I never got to play him much. I was really bummed because we got to play Charlie Batch instead of Big Ben. Not that I don't love Charlie, but um, great guy. But, like, Big Ben, we wanted to play Big Ben because what scared you was also good for rushers. was like, it's scary on the back end that he's going to extend and you might fall off him, but if you can get up, you can get him again. Like, that's how long he's going he's gonna to create back there. And now he doesn't do that anymore. So it's like a weird thing. It's like the thing that made him great, he can't do that anymore. And the offensive line is really tough, you know? It is like, yeah, right. It's like Superman when kryptonite's around. What does he do to once his power is taken? I completely agree with you. The thing that puts him in the Hall of Fame above anything else, his unique gift versus anybody else was just shoving people your size off of him to make a play downfield he has no ability to do that and in fact he's making more mistakes trying to do that he's not the it's as though he doesn't recognize he's not that guy anymore sometimes yeah half the time he's trying to do that and the other times he's like the hell i can't keep taking this beating get the ball out of my hand whatever i have to do you know yeah i think we're both going through a lot because i've defended carson and it's not working out in indy and you know I, i said this on my pod yesterday it's like you know, I'm fine with being wrong. Shit. I mean, I'm wrong all the time. I'm not one of these guys. Uh, but you know, Carson, he has so much ability, but there's a processing thing going on that I can't really put my finger on. You know what I mean? And, and Frank Reich and him were so good in the red zone when we were in Philly, it's hard to understand what's happened since the injury. And so, you know, I, I defended Carson. I'm looking at that situation. I I might have to pack up my tent and say, Hey, because I don't think that team's really, really in a great position right now, to say the least. And I know uh, Titans have such an easy ride. It feels like you know it's not that they're world beaters, but they're certainly going to win that bum division. So yeah, um, I know, I know. Yeah, it's context a, it's, matters. It's a good division to be in right now. <laughs> I do, for the record, I don't like being wrong, but I'm proud to. Uh, it's nice to hear that you're a part of the Jerry Orbach Club. When you're wrong, you say you're wrong, and I respect yeah, you no. for that. Well, the thing the thing I've been right about with Carson is I don't think he's a bad person. You know, people want to make him out to be this anti-vaxxing stuff. We disagree, bro. Hey, you, you, you don't sound real intelligent to me making an argument that it's a personal decision. But other than that, like Carson, to me, has always been a, a good dude, a solid person. And I just thought there was a lot of snipes being taken at him um, because he's a quarterback, you know. Um, let's talk about a couple other quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is growing his hair long. Yeah. And he says it's because he, um, because he had an idea for a Halloween costume. Now he said that in 2020, so yeah. it couldn't be based on like people were saying, maybe it's tiger King, which would make sense because that was early 2020, right? When COVID. Right. Sa- uh, so he, I could see him and Shailene watching mm-hmm. that show and being like tiger King, that's going to be my costume. But now mm-hmm. in autumn of 2021, the ship is sailed on that. I think Aaron Rodgers is more clever than that. Do you have I'm a guess th- at who he's I, doing? I don't know. I'm trying to think who it might be. I mean, I think I figured it out. Watch it, watch it. I watched this movie for the, I think it was the 89th time uh, that I've watched it. Dazed and Confused. Yeah. I think he's going to be Randall Pink Floyd. 
I think oh, that's nice. who he, it makes sense because he's a quarterback, and yep. I think he I think he thinks of himself as an antihero. Yep. And I think instead of candy, he's just gonna ball up little pieces of paper and say, "Take that trick or treat. I'll never play for you." And he'll throw <laughs> pieces of paper into little kids' uh, trick or treat bags. I think it'd be great, but the kids are gonna be confused. Maybe. <laughs> Better than throwing joints in there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But with hair like that, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if we find something out after football. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. But Shailene, then, if my if my guess is correct, then she'll be Mitch in the in the little league uniform. I'm I think forgetting that, Mitch, but days and confused. Mitch is the main guy. Is, Mitch is uh, the main main kid. He's the one who's. You oh, know, it's, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. No, no, no. That's mcconaughey the main kid like the little kid who gets paddled and all that anyway it's the best oh, no paper. i know it's not mcconaughey that's the only line i remember from the whole damn movie oh dude. you gotta go, gotta back, go and back and watch, and watch it, it oh again. it's yeah. a gem it's a gem hey um who you met because we cover your uh playing career yeah um extensively and uh was there a guy who you used to play with that was the most fun to tackle that you didn't like him and you're like i'll see you later on and you got him I'll or just for lot. fun yeah. or because it was fun and yeah. you had and you had a cute game with him and then you like had a laugh after the game but in the moment it was like i got you you son of a bitch man that's a good question man uh eli was fun to sack because you know like i, I didn't know him well but he just was kind of like a soft landing spot a little bit like he was he was a guy who was for a long time was like playing through an era where guys were getting less stationary. So I really enjoyed playing Eli because you were like, Oh, there's still a few of you guys who are kind of like lawn deer back here. Um, he I seems like he'd be, but you said soft landing. You're like, I think he'd be real bony. Like it would hurt to like, no, he's very, sharp edges. He's, he's an accommodating person to sack dude. Oh, very accommodating. Nice. I'm trying to think I, I sacked Russell Wilson a ton and we knew each other from, I mean, I probably sacked Russell Wilson nine times, I think, in my career, if I had to guess. I think it's eight or nine. And uh, if if I went to Seattle, I knew that we were going to get two or three because um, he just liked to extend plays. And their offensive line was not – they were like a – you know, they were a bludgeoning tool, not a – not a it's funny you know, you, pass blocking uh, it's funny you say unit. lamar jackson because then it makes me think because i look through the draft and everybody has all these fancy ideas about what pittsburgh should have done to replace roethlisberger over the last two drafts but practically i don't think they would have taken jordan love if they would have held on to the minka the, the pick they traded to get minka they could have taken jalen hurts in round two but I, i'm not even talking about that because jalen hurts to me is a great runner but he's a pocket passer who then likes to run and Lamar's gift is so rare that he it can really do, is. It, it so really is unique. You have to use it. You have to use it. Like we have this stupid conversation about could he throw better? Are we being overly critical? Like this, that, and third. Like there is some validity to having the conversation, but the conversation should be over. Like it's not a bad thing that he's amazing at that, and actually he's done a really good job of not deciding I want to use this God-given gift that nobody else has every play. And I think that when you have a bad team from like a personnel standpoint, you you do something unorthodox. You you gain an advantage every week. Um, you know, as you're preparing, if I got to play an option team, somebody that gives me a headache in the red zone, somebody that like I have to worry about one more responsibility, I'm slower. So not only is he the fastest player on the field, but 
I'm slower than I usually am because the schematics of what they do are so like different than the team we played last week. So I think you can gain an advantage when you have bad personnel. Like I, the Patriots did that last year. Like, okay, Cam wasn't, he wasn't healthy or maybe he's not Cam anymore. Um, but he couldn't throw the ball like the way he used to. And like, I'm looking at what Bill did with that quarterback run game. And it was a kind of a nightmare to play for a lot of teams. And you're making a lot out of a little, you know, and I'm talking about on the outside too. So I think if I look at Pittsburgh, I might be giving Cam Newton a call. I mean, I pushed back and made fun. I didn't make fun, but I, I was, what are you talking about, Stephen? A, they have uh, four quarterbacks. I saw what Josh you said. Dodd. Well, because I, but, but I wasn't cracking wise about Cam. You know, I think if he has one, if he had one great season, one more great season, if you could find yeah, a team here, a take, he gets to the, he gets to the hall, but it, it just doesn't make sense. Well, I don't it would bring Stephen in Cam it. Newton to back up Ben Roethlisberger I mean, or to put him in and say, hey, Seven, take a seat. And that, like, that's just not going to happen. So it's ridiculous. No, I just, I just think like you think about, and I don't think Stephen A was saying it with the same rationale I am. Like I'm just saying that it's a pain in the ass. If you have no other option, like your, your options as the Pittsburgh Steelers right now are to continue to ride this out and just be in this kind of intermediate draft position place like – where you might go 10 and seven, or you might go nine and eight. Um, and then you're like, what the hell are we doing? You know, we played ourselves out of resetting and uh, we're wasting, you know, guys like TJ Watt, you know, like that. That's maybe- why you couldn't roll, by the way, that's retroactive. That like, People are doing that 2020. In fact, I was saying it all summer. You could not say to Cam Hayward in year 11 and TJ Watt and the rest of those guys, hey, uh, we're going to roll with Mason Rudolph this year. Like, I mean, just, yeah. what, what the hell are you talking? We, we can't do that. Um, no, you're only- right. You're right. But you can do something else. I mean, and they haven't really like Haskins is developmental. Rudolph is a true backup. And like Haskins got a way to go. Right. He's got a ways to go. Like there it would be nice if one of their quarterbacks was like a guy that you could get something unique out of josh dobbs that you could throw him out there and some yep. taste some packages and and at least keep them uh you know at least not knowing what's going to happen on every single offensive snap when you're playing them enough about the Steelers. but, cam can, but cam can still cam still made a concrete josh dobbs is not no offense to jobs josh dobbs would like yeah that's true cam, cam can still run people over i think he could play tight end for another five years you know what i mean so all right. Anyways, when, if yeah. it happens, then I will say I'm wrong, like Jerry Orbach at the well, end of the day. I mean, I'm probably here. wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, you mentioned uh, Belichick. Let's yep. talk about that. Brady v. Belichick. Do both of these co- guys care desperately about the outcome of this game? Does just one care desperately about it, or do or are they both like it's just another game on the schedule, which I refuse to believe? would be the I think case. I think Bill's probably like oh not this shit again you know like at this point you know he already won a Super Bowl now he's got to come up here and break the passing record um in the first quarter probably um, and they have to stop the game too right I mean, yeah that's how gonna they stop did it with Drew Brees so they have yeah. to stop the game <laughs> and it's, it's gonna, gonna go to if Gronk if Gronk's healthy it's gonna go to Gronk for 69 yards like <laughs> and the whole thing so yeah, like that, that's going to be uh, a big moment. And I think Bill at the end of the day and Tom, like we always talk about this last year, who wins, you know, who's the chicken or the egg. Like it's the ultimate team sport, not to be cliche. You know, they were married for 20 years. Other couples in the NFL, I'm talking about coaches and quarterbacks, don't last 
more than five a lot of the time. So instead of asking like, why didn't they get along or like, what, what's the truth about, do they hate so each other? So most guys like, only last five minutes or less, but these two are like a ta a tantric. Yeah. They're having, a, they lasted they a, a long time. They had together. a sting situation. I see. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think though, cause listen, Brady's super classy. Everybody who ever played with Brady, I, I mean, maybe you could correct me. And if you want to name names, I'd love He's it. He's classy. He's classy. Did, but did, did you really like him? If, oh, I, I really. <laughs> it seems I, like everybody likes him. If, I, if, that's if, the thing I you gotta like, say. If I didn't like Brady, Dave, you know what I would do? I'd be like, "Oh, he's cool. He's cool. He's a good, good guy." You know, I'd probably like throw your set. Like Brady is a. He's a your voice would go up a couple octaves. Oh, no, yeah, he's, he's a good cool. guy. He's, a, he's, cool. a, he's, a, he's all right. Yeah, he's no, he cool. was very nice. Very good guy. Very nice. Tell me something you like about him. Like when I asked my kid to tell me something about school, <laughs> and he's like, "It was good." You know, like what they always the say, way. right? That's all yeah, they say. It was good. What would you do? I don't remember. It's the answer I get. That's Brady I get. is a good guy, dude. You know. But well, well, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me break it down in football terms, because that's what people care about. He's a great teammate. Um, he 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 worked his ass off. He was as a football player everything that he's cracked up to be, and you know, always treated me really well. But let me just say this: I'm not going to say it's passive aggressive. But he's very controlled with everything he does. You know, obviously he doesn't eat the bread and all that kind of all that kind of jazz. It it then makes me think there would not be people in his camp, including his own father and Alex Guerrero, who would take shots at Belichick if they didn't first say, like, hey Tom, I'm gonna tell the truth here. Or I'm gonna tell I'm gonna say what I think is the truth of that relationship, right? Yeah, Brady I mean, must have said he had to cut them loose. They wouldn't just go shooting their mouth off about Belichick without him saying it's okay to do well, so. Well, I think what happens is when people leak stuff in the Brady camp, they just trot him out there and he drills them with a football. <laughs> like, that's, that's the punishment? Like when Alex Guerrero says too much, he just brings him out back and he's just like, Street you know, justice. Hey, run an angle route and then stand there for like 15 seconds and he just pelts him. I, I think, um, honestly, I'm not a leak guy, so I don't know how this shit works, man. What Honestly, when I got in the media and actually towards the end of my career, when I played in Philly, I realized that there were leaks. Like, when I played in St. Louis, nobody cared, so nobody was leaking anything. And there were no, like, nobody would listen. So when I got to Philly... And there were like stories that came out. I was like, damn, people really like strategically do X, Y, Z. One time there was a situation in Philly, which obviously I'm going to tease you here. And I could have made somebody look really bad and it would have served me. And I was just like, nah, dude, I don't want to be a leak. I'm not like, I'm actually going to not let you write this article about the information that you came upon. I don't want to be a part of this shit. And so I don't understand how all this stuff works. I don't know. I don't know how TB12's leaks work. Um, I think he's a good guy. This has something to do with Clyde Simmons. No, uh, he might have been Clyde. before your time. Clyde okay. was. Um, Clyde was one of my D line coaches. Is that right? In St. Louis, he was an absolute legend. Small world that I would stumble on that. Uh, last football question, and yeah. then I, I have to turn quickly to hockey for a little game show with you. Yeah. Uh, and then hopefully some My Morning Jacket. But uh, quickly, yeah. I refuse at this point to get duped by anything I saw in week three. The Rams look good. Sean McVay, boy genius still. Stafford, yeah. perhaps the missing piece to go along with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and so on and so forth. 
if those two teams were to play again in the same place, SoFi Stadium, now the Rams have the upper hand, although really brutal division, so it's not unreasonable to think the Bucs yeah. will still end up getting the number one seed. But let's say even the game is in SoFi with the trip to the Super Bowl on the line. Would you ever bet against Brady right this year? I, I refuse to ever do it again. I bet on him last year. That was one of my big wins of the playoffs. Like, um, I just saw it that way. I mean, especially with the protection issues. But I was betting more on, like, I was betting on Brady, but I was betting on the defense. I was betting on that team. Like, you know what I mean? And I think it's it's really yeah. Just but can nice I to interrupt you? I, yeah. I'll say, I'll say the thing that he doesn't get credit for yeah. is he's a genius in 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 the big picture sense. It's like. People keep treating him as though he's Waldo. Like, wow, he just shows up right. everywhere in good spots yeah. and everything. Is it a fluke or is part of his football genius assessing Tampa Bay? This is a this is a football organization that on purpose has a pirate ship inside the stadium and it shoots yeah, cannons dude. off and they have terrible uniforms and all of it. And he went there because he knew that that was the place to go to, to win the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, but you and I could have told him that. It was L.A., and them and really Tampa was probably the best choice. So like, I think he's a very good handicapper. He probably knows football better than almost anybody I've ever met. I would assume, um, you know, I spent a year in new England. I felt like I got exponentially smarter. Um, he probably knows a whole hell of a lot. And he knows that like, I think he was just very intentional with his decision. And I think he probably thought about it for more than just like a year. I mean, like what's the next thing look like? Come on. We all think about that stuff. Like, he had to think in his head, like, if there was another situation, what would it look like? And I think it looked exactly like Tampa. And, you know, he got to play a little GM a little bit with Gronk because you could tell Bruce wasn't, like, really all in on Gronk early in the season. Guess what? Brady was right. You know, he turned out to be one of the most important guys. Um, you know, I, I think that one of the things he deserves a lot of credit for is their rebound out of the gate this year. Now they got their ass kicked yesterday. That happens. It happened to them last year to the saints twice and they still won the super bowl. In fact, they went through the saints. So this is week three, but I think what he deserves a lot of credit for this team came out of the gate really focused. And that's the hardest thing to do as a super bowl team. You know, I, I had to do it once, you know, with the, with the Eagles and you know, it was just like a shit show. And when, when, you know, the Patriots, they were constantly back in big games after a Super Bowl year, even though for almost a decade without Malcolm Butler, they probably don't win a Super Bowl. Um, that's a skill like as a team and that leadership comes from somewhere. And I think this year's rebound is as much of a contest, maybe when you look at Brady or Belichick. Uh, as the winning the Super Bowl. It's like, all right, well, what made the Patriots great wasn't just winning one, it was winning multiple. So, like, can Brady live up to that lofty expectation of, hey, we defend it by being really good and making a deep run? All right. All that said, Patriots getting six and a half at home. Embarrassing. Who? What? Who That's right. Plus six and a half. Wow. How say you? I need to see this to believe it. I'm hammering the Pats. Are you really? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm betting on Brady. I'm sure, betting on Brady. There you go. I, he's so mad, dude. Like, think about it. They and Bill's mad too because of the way they lost in New England. Think about that. I mean, you play Sean Payton. That's a big thing. Like, two of the greatest coaches of all time, in my opinion, and like an offensive genius, a defensive genius, 
and they're both like stripped bare of all their quarterbacks and all this shit. And they're just, this is the showdown. Like we're, they're like two old badasses that are like limping over to fight each other. You know, that was kind of these two rosters, you know, and, and Sean and new Orleans got the best of them and they ran the ball and like, that's got to piss bill off. So they're going to be mad. He knows, he knows Tom, but I do think, um, I do think Tom and Tampa pull away a little bit late because Tom's mad too. I mean, you think Ryan Jensen's getting cussed out this week? He's going to just fine. Whenever he's cussing out Ryan Jensen, uh, they're going to play well the next week. Also, by the way, I don't know if he'll be off the COVID list, but there's one Antonio Brown who had his time in Foxborough too. So that'll be another. So Gronk and Antonio Brown and Brady yep. all teaming up to go up to Foxborough and vanquish the Pats. Yeah, and they got to get the run game going. That's the last thing about it. I mean, that that's just something that – and I know it's been a, a thorn in Tom's side, not just the run game, but also like a, a dependable back out of the backfield to catch the ball, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see with uh, Gio Bernard. But all mm-hmm. right, now it's time. You're a hockey guy. You love your hockey. You love the St. Louis Blues. You love their I sweaters, do. at least. I love, love their sweaters. You love the hockey sweater. So do I, yeah. Um. Let's play a game. There are so many good names in in hockey. It's that whether, whether you like the sport or not, it's unquestionably the the best collection of names in any sport. I'm gonna find the best blues name too while you're at it. Okay, um, and I'll tell you. Often the names are so good in hockey that they could be confused with prescription drugs that you see advertised on TV. <laughs> so let's play NHL player right. or prescription drug. First one up, Eddie Spaghetti, you can chime in here too. Sonosi. Sonosi. That's is, a drug. It's a drug. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? Is that a hockey player? Sonosi coming down the right side. One timer. It's in the goal. Blue. Who who is it, Eddie Spaghetti? Is it a, I feel is like it a I player saw, or a drug? I think I feel like I just I literally just watched a commercial on TV with that. So I want to go uh with Chris and I think it's a drug. Sinosi is a prescription drug that treats daytime fatigue. If you feel tired during the day, you should take this. There are other drugs I understand out there for If you for feel a little fatigue. tired during the day, you can take a Sinosi. <laughs> the side effects are sudden death, you're, you know, I don't know, vomiting, diarrhea, like what else? <laughs> are we just like with, with the prescription drug uh, business that's going out? I, I feel like we're just getting closer and closer to like cocaine. Like, you know, cocaine, take you, it. That, you, don't, you won't even get tired at night. You'll eat your own face. You'll just be up the whole day and all night, you know? But in the meantime, you gateway, Sinosi. Next, <laughs> Zahorna. Zahorna. That's that a, a hockey play? player. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you? Player, player. Redeem Zahorna is a center iceman for the Pittsburgh Penguins and potentially a good one at that. Six foot seven. Hansy, too. Ooh. Next up, Kadobin. Kadobin. NHL player or prescription drug? Oh, that's a player. Eddie Spaghetti? Yeah, this is no fun. We're in lockstep. It's a player. What, what in the hell? Why don't we do your wizards of this game? He's really a Dallas Stars goaltender. Really we'd, we'd rather be right. Really we'd rather be right than argue. Pick Ray. No, we don't want to argue. Pick Ray. Pick Ray? Player? Player or drug? You're trying to make it three in a row. Players, I think. It's a player. Spaghetti? Pick Ray. Can we get a spelling on that? No, you can't. <laughs> um, I'll change it up. I'm, I'm not sure about this one, so I'm going to go drug. 
Picray is a prescription drug that uh, helps with, with menopause. Oh. If you're menopausal. <laughs> Something just fell is. off the wall here at the Greenlight Studios. Oh, no. Suddenly, there's like a ghost up here or a tape doesn't work. Somebody uh, somebody took too much Sinosi, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> bouncing off the walls. Um, and let's bring it on home. Bavencio. Bavencio. Is that a player or is that a drug? Oh, man. If you're naming your drug Bavencio, there were so many other made-up words. Sky Rizzy, you know? Mm, have you ever- Sky Rizzy's a weird one. Sky Rizzy. I'm like, dude. Sounds like uh, Sky know. Rizzy versus Rupa Hints is is a Rupa Hints is a is a center iceman for the Dallas Stars. But I that one, even though I know it, I still don't know it. I feel I'm like Rupa Hints. Player. I need I'm the going, Rupa Hints. I got I'm a bad case. Player. My knees have been killing me. I need Rupa Hints. Give you know? me the Rupa Hints. <laughs> You're going player spaghetti. I'll go drug for that one. You're correct. It treats. Uh, uh, a serious ailment, so we don't spaghetti need spaghetti. Kick about it. my ass. <laughs> Last thing, Chris Long, since spaghetti's up here, you're a big music guy. So too is Eddie Spaghetti. You and me have had some great conversations about music. In fact, do you have any music tips you want to throw out to the audience while we have you? Yeah, Del McCory, bluegrass legend. I am like miles down that rabbit hole right now. Um, yeah, that's what I got for you right now. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we got you on, I guess it was about a year ago, Radiohead. I have uh, elevated that record to OK Computer to top 10 in my in. all-time list. I love I'm it. I'm all the way in. Not for the, maybe that being a top 10 record, but I'm in on Radiohead. Good for you. Um, Spaghetti, your thoughts? You were down at, uh, what's it called? Ohana Fest in mm-hmm. Laguna right. Beach? Yes. Orange County. I got some FOMO yeah. from that, dude. Yeah. And Dana you saw Point. Pearl Jam and you and you saw My Morning Jacket. First of all, Chris Long, 21 times seeing Pearl Jam. Too much, just right, or got to double it up before you're 40, Spaghetti. <laughs> they're, they're an amazing group. So, I mean, you should always, if you get an opportunity to see them, you should. And uh, I can't throw stones because I've seen Jacket a lot. I don't know how many times I've seen Jacket. I was going to ask you, that's your number one? That's the band you've seen most? Yeah, jacket probably. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm definitely in the high teens, maybe at this point, maybe the twenties. I don't know. But, I but said spaghetti. I, we no, were talking no, about no this. Shade, dude. We we no, I know. I just kid spaghetti, but <laughs> we. But I saw I saw the dead four or five times, and I thought like that that has to be it. And then I was thinking about it. I've seen Fishbone that many times too. They're not the same gang Fishbone. that they were uh, 25 years ago. I'm an old man, but you man, tried to turn me on to that. At their height, live versus their records have have no relationship to their live performance. They're great. I Eddie saw Tribe has a West fishbone on his on his hat. Yeah, what, what, yeah, yeah, my my oh, uh, yeah, senior now. How about I, that? I coast to coast to coast for Pearl Jam. So but then spaghetti. Here's the question. Here's the question. You love Pearl Jam. You travel anytime you get an opportunity to go see Eddie, and uh, you call you love them so much you call them all by their first names, like as though you're they're your pals. Eddie was Eddie was great. Broke out you know, the acoustic. You do that. Yeah. And yet, you decreed late Friday night, my morning jacket, the greatest live band you've ever seen. Explain. Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no argument to that. Uh, I saw, I've seen probably twenty one <laughs> times. Good, you my can argue, man. Ever, I don't think it's. I don't think you could argue that. I think it's. They're just 
the the test I gave the barometer was going with my girlfriend who listens to god awful music, but she's a trooper. She comes along with me to all these things. Sounds and like a trooper going her, to listen to good music for once. Right, well, so she learns, and then she and then like for three day festival, she learns. She's like, I'm I'm wrong about music. This is actually good stuff. But seeing her, she was lo- but to be fair, she was to, loaded up on Sinosi. So she was you got to be loaded the, up yeah, on the, a little sky Rizzy when you go see uh, she was smoking it. Show. She was smoking Sonosi and the doctors She's do not recommend that. But she did it. Smoking anyway. sky Rizzy. <laughs> but uh, her reaction to them live. And we were on the rail for Friday to see my morning jacket play. And they were uh, absolutely incredible. And it, it, they're basically all songs I've seen before. because I have seen them a number of times, but it doesn't really matter. They're just so they're like robotic and their ability to just feed off each other. They don't ever mess up. The jams are insane. Every single song. And it's just, it's a different experience. Pearl Jam, it's a, you, you look for different things when you go to see them. Pearl Jam is more about the crowd, you know, Ed stories, a lot of the, you know, the, the chit chat back and forth. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, they may play, you know, Jagged Polly plays a long, uh, a longer set with shorter songs, uh, less amount of songs because their songs are longer. Pearl Jam probably will power through in a regular show with like 30 so plus songs so it's a different thing what you're looking for but uh they're still my favorite pearl jam but i think in terms of the live what i've seen live it's like you can't nothing can compare to to them i gather no it's it's a it's a living organism it's a living organism those those concerts man and plus they're rangy like they played like marvin gay the other time when i saw him Hmm, flushing a couple weeks ago and they crushed that they they played erica badu like you know um they they played george michael George Michael, they do it all. Like um, they did some Christopher Cross one time when I was at a show, like, and they do that all without like sacrificing, like, you know, there's some cover bands. They're not a cover band, bro. Like they just cover everybody's shit, like at such a high level. And they're also uh, extremely, I don't know, what would the word be? They got great endurance, man. Like these guys can play and like really rock. Like, I don't know how they do what they do. Pat's Pat's back there just wailing on the drums for three hours up at Red Rocks at altitude. They're doing back to back sets. Like it when when people ask me the best concert I ever saw, um, I tell them it's it's jacket at Red Rocks. And I don't know which one either. <laughs> I've seen them there a couple times. And um when I say it, I feel like, oh shit, I'm giving a chalky answer. Even though it's such a hipstery answer, I guess. To me, it's chalky because I'm that confident about saying that my morning jacket puts on the best live show of anybody you can go see. Look at this. Spaghetti and Chris Long parking their cars in the same music garage, staying in the car, not getting out yet. Wait, wait, oh, wait. We're not, yeah. Wait for until the album's over. Then we'll go inside. I love it. Good for I did you. See, I did see Chris Christofferson. That was one of the most emotional concerts Ooh, I've ever been to. I know. But, I know um, you're big on the highway, man. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, hard to argue with that. That's yeah. awesome. Um Ed calls him Ed. Well, Ed stories. Just oh, Ed was crushing it. <laughs> Ed. Hey, did they um did they play uh Mercy this time around at Ohana? No, they, no there was no collab or I was hoping for something or a, a different cover. They played a lot of like the greatest hits and then they added in uh they ended with Wasted, which is a new song, and then they also yeah, uh, regular treasure programming. From uh, the new self-titled album too, which is a phenomenal. Feel you as the well. Back the, the, back half, the back half of that thing, the back half, the back half of regularly scheduled program. But I really like the new song. It's like in color or something or colors. That is going to yeah. be the jam on the new album, bro. 
It's going to be the it's, it's insane too. I'd have to give them credit for for playing so long in Santa Barbara the night before, driving down the coast and then filling in, doing a longer set because the unfortunate news about the the the, the mom of the Kings of Leon, uh, unfortunately, oh, man. had to cover for the set. And um, and then, but it ended up being a special night. Honestly, the best night of music of my life because you had MMJ play for you know two hours, and then after that, uh, the shirt I'm wearing now, the the Earthlings. It's a new band with uh, Eddie Vedder, Glenn Hansard, Andrew Watt, Chad Smith, and Chili Peppers, Josh Klinghoffer, oh my uh, Pina Palladino, who who what used to band. fill in for John Entwistle, uh from the Who. And they they played after uh, it was a, an impromptu thing. Covered Molly's Chambers by Kings of Leon. They covered I'm One by the Who. They covered Purple Rain. Uh, they you know they played some Pearl Jam stuff. Torch, Long Road. I mean it was it was literally. And I saw the Black Pumas before my morning jacket, who are incredible as well. And I was on the rail. The pictures I have are insane. I could send them to you guys if you care enough. I mean it's it was just the best. You know. So best here's how ever. you know. Here's how you know they're so great. I know for a fact that your boys stuck around to watch, or at least. Jeff stuck the whole around. Band. The whole, they, the whole they, band. They was like jacket, filming. dude. Yeah. They get it, dude. Yeah, the they filming. get it. They get it. So, was it sailing? By the way, with Christopher Cross, that uh, that they no played? ride like the wind. Oh, okay. That I love a, that song. That makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, listen. It's more than enough. Uh, Chris Long, one of the greats, as you can tell <laughs> from this rangy conversation. Oh, last thing, because you did it. I think I've mentioned this to you before, and I have to get back to to pushing this because I love football and I love life, but I would like to leave them both a little bit better off than I found them. See you, Eddie. Um, Oh, he's still listening, you know, uh, unless Ed is doing something right now that he has to pay attention to, Ed. Um, uh, Here's the thing. We have two things called a safety in football. One mm-hmm. is a guy, a position, which makes sense. He's a safety. He's the last line of defense. He's your safety. You know, that's what you. But why do we have when a giant person falls on you in your own end zone? That's decidedly unsafe. Shouldn't we mm-hmm. rename the name of that two point play? Yeah. Yeah. A boo boo. Like but, made a boo boo. I threw a, a boo-boo. screen pass into the end zone up 14 nothing. On the one yard line. That was just a little boo boo. A boo too, because it's two, because oh. it counts a for boo two points. Too. Now, what's the best is the ex- a boo too also goes with the exotic signal that the referee Ooh. makes. Ooh. Wah, 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 wah. It's the best. I love it. I love when you a get little, to see that. A little dance. We got to see safety. a game ending safety too. That was a it. safety feels as good as a home run. Feels better even. I would think so, right? Because it's a little bit rare. Listen, we'll, we'll do. We'll, we'll figure out uh, that stuff. Um, oh, the yeah. next time we get a chance to kip. Oh, it's in yeah. the meantime. Listen to Chris Long. Listen to Macon. Make sure you're listening to Greenlight. At every, I mean, listen, the thing that's great about what you're doing, I don't have to tell you, is it ain't just uh, X's and O's. It's not just football. You do music. You you talk to people like John Hamm. It's just gangbusters. If you yeah. aren't already uh, it, uh, subscribed, it really is uh, a maverick in the podcasting space at a time when there are about four people left on the planet Earth who aren't doing a podcast. Your stuff legitimately breaks out, uh, breaks through. Ken Burns. I mean, awesome stuff. Uh, oh, Ken was awesome, dude. I'm so lucky to, to be able to get a guy like that. No, so, man, you're, hey, you, you really are. The, uh, as you, you're as breezy and strong a conversationalist because you can have all those conversations with all those different kind of people and uh hey we hey you and me we can we can go just about anywhere so i appreciate that coming from one of the the good the good ones dude so thank you the great chris long everybody uh appreciate you pally good luck to uh i guess to your eagles we'll call them and uh, go listen (laughs) to some ed there
Go Stay birds. off the See pick ya. ray. Don't go heavy on the pick ray, whatever you do. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> if you need, just give me, if you need help, man, like, you know, I'm no going, shame. I'm going to over, over tonight. Over. <laughs> Are you going over? I'm going over. The great Chris Long, everybody. What a mensch, huh? Look at that. Validated, too. He he knows his music, as you know, Eddie Spaghetti, and uh, and he agrees with you on MMJ. A victory for you. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't trying to. I'm not trying to take a slight. It's also a thing too, where I've seen it so many times. It's it's like you see the same songs like I did. Unfortunately, festival sales a little bit more greatest hits, and that's also the territory of a band that is. I wouldn't say the term legacy act, but you know, it's a thing where if you're going to buy tickets to the Rolling Stones or someone of that nature, you you, you want to see their hits. And for me, it's like no, I want to see them play the songs that the mainstream doesn't listen. I to hear you. I'd like to I'm bust selfish, your chops. But, I like to bust your chops because you have because everything else is coming up spaghetti right now, except with the Giants and not with the Rangers and the, the Yankees are not good just because they beat the equally mediocre Red Sox. Other than that, though, everything's coming up spaghetti and everything will be coming up winner for you if you tune in to the Thursday episode of Minus Three. Kevin Hench will be along to uh, help chop up the Patriots, Belichick v. Brady. We'll figure out what's going to go down in the entire football, nay, entire sports weekend for you. Make sure you're betting along with us. FanDuel.com slash Minus Three and for Eddie Spaghetti and Chris Long. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>